You want to stop checking your weight, but have no idea how to handle continuing to go to the doctor with this mindset. Listen in for some tangible tips on how to make this work for you. Welcome to the Love Your Food, Love Yourself, Love Your Life podcast. I am Tammy, your fun-loving and often quirky host. I have been a dietitian for close to 20 years where I've helped countless women transform not only their relationship with food, but more importantly themselves. I believe to my core that as you start peeling back the layers to loving your food and yourself, you end up loving your life like never before. And now is the time, my friend. It is time to break up with diet culture, shift your current stories, rev up your internal wisdom, and recognize that every body, regardless of size, not only deserves dignity and respect, but can be healthy because your habits and how you love on yourself is truly what matters. In this podcast, we have real conversations about struggles, insecurities, and false beliefs with loving ourselves and each other through the lens of curiosity, anti-judgment, intuitive eating, spirituality, journaling, and a heaping dose of laughter, maybe some tears, but always a whole lot of realness. Hey friends, it's Tammy today, and I also have my good friend Beth here. Very excited for this conversation. You want to say hey, Beth? Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. Yeah, so... If you've decided or you're even considering giving up the scale, a common question that we hear all the time is, well, what about when I go to the doctor's office? And it's often not as simple as just saying, well, I'm just going to stand up to my doctor's office or the employees there with confidence. And I'm going to just tell them, no, I don't want (laughs) to get my weight checked. For most people, that's not really going to be the solution. That wasn't the solution for myself either. So if that were you, <laughs> we definitely recommend, you know, listening in here because if if it were easy to basically address this or to experience this, then we wouldn't have to be talking about it. Right. So going to the doctor's office can be a really intimidating experience. Right. And oftentimes when we go into the doctor's office, it can feel almost like you're just kind of being herded through. You go in, you sign up, you know, you check in for your appointment, and then you have the person who comes back and gets you. They take you here, they take you there, you do this, you get out. Like, and it's all about boom, 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 get in, get out. Right. And they just kind of have their their process and they're just trying to get you in, get you out. Whereas you are coming in kind of probably feeling super anxious about, okay, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? What can I say? How do I do this? What are the, how are they going to respond? So this is not generally an easy topic. So today we're going to go through some tips on how to do this. If this is something that you would like to do. So Beth, would you like to take away kind of the first tip that we want to talk about for everyone listening today? Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, this is a question that comes up almost it comes up regularly in our Facebook groups. It comes up regularly in our coaching calls. So this is something we know a lot of people are thinking about. <laughs> and so I, I hope that this is helpful for you. If you're sitting there wondering, yeah, I want to do that, but 
you're recognizing and seeing yourself in Tammy's little scenario where it's like, yeah, because you go to the doctor's office, this is like part of the chain reaction. <laughs> and there's, you say, no, thank you. I don't want to be weighed. And you get these cross-eyed looks from the medical provider or the nurse or whomever is weighing you. And it's just, you, you question yourself in that moment. I don't know about you, Tammy, but I'm like, wait, am I supposed to defy authority? <laughs> because we see our doctors as these big authority figures and they're smart. They do great things for us, you know? And so we want to be good. Like <laughs> we want to be good and we want to do what we're told, if you will. You don't want to cause waves. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So we want to really address that and make sure that you feel confident if it's a decision that's going to be the best for you to say, no, thank you. So first and foremost, you know, you have to make a plan for how to handle the weight question by determining what you're personally comfortable with. And that's going to look a little bit different for every individual. We are going to talk a little bit about medical conditions that may necessitate some monitoring of weight, but really you need to decide what's best for you in this moment, recognizing that that could change. Mm -hmm. Do you want to decline being weighed? You know, that that's one choice that a lot of individuals, they literally say to the nurse, no, thanks. It's not really a part of my medical care today. I'm here for a sore throat. (laughs) I'm here for, you know, joint something with my inflammation of my joints or whatever. Weight is really not a part of that equation. Or alternatively, some clients will prefer to just turn around on the scale and ask the, the nurse to not read the number out loud and just mark it down in the file if it's something that is necessitated for whatever reason. So that's the first thing is decide, do you want to completely decline your weight being taken at the doctor's office? Or would you prefer a more passive approach or say, okay, I'll give you my weight, but I'm going to turn around, not look at the number. And I'd prefer that you not tell me that number out loud. Yeah. I think that's a great point, Beth. So deciding ahead of time, what you're comfortable with. So not deciding necessarily like in the moment of thinking, well, I'll just figure it out when I get there, (laughs) right. Is oftentimes not a great plan. Um, So having that plan ahead of time. And then I would also add to that too, is have a plan on how to calm that anxious feeling you might be feeling or how to calm your nerves. And Beth and I talk a lot about emotional regulation. We've have several episodes here. We talk about it in the mindful intuitive eating group and also our uplift group and also with coaching. So there's a lot of options out there. So you'll need to decide for you, what can you do to maybe calm those nerves? Because even if you have a plan, and you know what you want, and you know what you're comfortable with, you may find yourself in that situation, still feeling nervous. So thinking about maybe doing some intentional breath work, or maybe you like aromatherapy and have certain scents or smells that you really enjoy that help calm you down, or maybe it's doing some tapping, but irregardless of what you choose, you know, just really think about being compassionate with yourself. And for me, that's something that helps calm my nerves oftentimes is just really being compassionate about not only the experience you're having, but also the experience that everybody around you is also having. So in this situation, that would include office staff. You know, we talked about how you're, you're going in and you're just kind of like going through the the motions and really that's what the office staff are doing, you know, is they're just completing their job. 
So whether it is a nurse or a medical assistant or even your provider, they're just there doing their job. And so if you can be compassionate towards the fact that they probably aren't intentionally wanting to upset you or to cause you to feel nervous or, you know, they're not intentionally evoking an emotional response. They're just really trying to do their job, doing something that they do day in, day out, which of course can lead them to not even thinking about that. They're just like, oh, here we go. Call another person, calling another person. And that can really help you to just have compassion, you know, towards them. And when you do that, you end up being a little bit more compassionate to yourself and you'll feel a little bit more calm. Yeah, that's great. And I want to add there too, sometimes, you know, after you decide to decline or turn around while they take your weight, um, I, I invite the clients that I work with to have that conversation with their, their doctor. Like when they go in from the nurse's station where they're taking in all of the health information into the office where they're actually meeting with the doctor, I invite them to consider before that conversation even starts, just to politely ask the doctor and say, Hey, you know, there's a request I have today. It's, it's meant to really support my emotional wellness. And that is that I would like my weight not to be discussed today. And, and it's not because, you know, you may or may not find it important, but I'm learning that I'm, you you can tell them a little bit about your intuitive eating journey or (laughs) why it's important to you that the weight is not part of the conversation. And I invite people to do that at the front end before the conversation gets started, because that's when those little numbers, like if you did decide to jump on the scale backwards and not see the number, sometimes if the doctor's not aware, he or she will say, and they'll start talking about weight. And that can just, it basically can lead a person to fall apart in that space. And you're all the emotional regulation things (laughs) that you could do for yourself ahead of time are out the window when that conversation starts with the doctor. So it's also about kind of getting out ahead of the conversation. So right when the doctor walks in the door, Hey doc, I really appreciate you. And this is what I really request today from our conversation. And you can do it from a place of love. It doesn't have to come off as defensive or that they don't know what they're doing. Cause I think I see people getting really heated about the healthy at every size movement, which is great, but it can almost come off as defensive to a doctor who doesn't know about it yet. So that's where practicing compassion for the entire staff mm-hmm. can be really beneficial in those moments and just lean into, okay, what if I walked in their shoes and they've been trained a certain way, very indoctrinated in the diet culture method of, you know, weight loss equals health or whatever. And so how can I compassionately hold space for that? maybe even educate them a little bit if they're open to it. But first and foremost, just hold my boundaries for what I need in the visit that day and do it at the very front end. Yeah. I think you bring up a a great point, Beth. And I just want to kind of highlight that it's really about stating what it is that you need in your appointment, right? Versus telling them what they need to do. You know, so it's very different to have a conversation that says, in my appointment today, I'm needing to focus on blah, 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 right? Versus going in and saying, I don't want you to talk about this and I don't want you to, you know, like, and really kind of wanting to throw stones a little bit. You know, it's, it's, there's a different energy. (laughs) And likely if you kind of go in with the like, this up almost, you know, ready to fight, 
you're probably going to get some fists back and it's not going to feel good for either side by any means. Cause really, you know, I would say out of all of the physicians and physicians assistants and nurse practitioners that I have met, right? <laughs> like 99% of them get into it to help people. They get into it because they care about people. So they're not going to, you know, want to have you feeling, feeling poorly. However, they're also human. So <laughs> if you're talking at them versus with them, it could end up escalating a situation that you're already really stressed about, you know, so just really having that compassion and stating from kind of your experience can be really helpful. Absolutely. And I think that leads into the third tip that we had today. And that's, you know, comes from what we just talked about in that we have a plan on how to handle the experience. So we've talked about the emotional regulation techniques. We've just told you that it's wise to make a choice before you walk into that doctor's office. And then it's now looking at, well, what could happen within that experience? What if I am met with resistance? You know, what if my doctor is not willing to let me not take my weight or he or she is very uh, defensive with me. You know, even if you come in there with compassion and the lens of love, mm-hmm. you can still be met with that resistance. So that's a decision that you need to make as a, as a patient is, is this doctor, is this office a good environment for me? And we have heard from different people that they will go seek a new provider if their provider is not willing to work with their needs. And that's where setting up those boundaries is so critical before you walk in the door. Because oftentimes, because of the way that we viewed the medical system and the authority that it's been given, it's not uncommon to just buckle, right? Just buckle and do what you're told. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We want to be that good, that good person and do the things that we need to do. And there are going to be phrases like, well, we need to know this for your health, or we have to have the number for X, Y, and Z. For insurance. For insurance. Yes. Yeah. And that's not always the case. So just being able to take a breath, even in those moments, I invite people to say, take a deep breath when they start to feel that anxiety or those nerves start to turn on. And then, okay, I hear you. And this is what I need for me in this moment. Yeah. Because the case, the chances are you're going to have a positive experience. We know that negative experiences happen, but I think more commonly mm-hmm. the patient or the people that I've worked with have said that their doctor is surprisingly open to not taking weights at every appointment, unless there's a medical necessity, which we're going to talk about here shortly. So if it does go well, you know, how do you want to respond to that too? Are you going to say thank you? Are you going to write a review? You know, Just decide for yourself, like looking globally at the whole situation, how will you practice self-compassion for yourself, for the staff? And then if you're met resistance, what's the next step? And it may be, hey, I'm going to go look for someone else who can, can respect my choice within this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think for those listening, I just want to highlight that it's really normal (laughs) if your brain kind of, as you're considering this, can often go to worst case scenario, right? (laughs) That's just how our brains work as we go into these really like deep negative thinking patterns. And so we start thinking about how 
They're going to give us dirty looks. They're going to write all these notes in our chart and they're going to be talking about us behind our back. And they're going to, you know, (laughs) they're going to yell at us and they're going to kick us. I mean, really like we could go into all of these things, but like Beth said, more often than not, when we have these kind of gentle plans put in place for this more often than not, none of those things, you know, really happen. And I would say, this is just in my humble opinion, but if you were to ever experience your worst case scenario, I would say, don't even complete your appointment, just walk out, you know, just stop the conversation, stop attempting to have a conversation. If you have a, you know, a physician who's just yelling at you and completely belittling you, you can just say, thank you walk out the door and find a new provider. I think that's the highlight is there are plenty of providers out there who will support you. This is not about just avoiding medical care because that unfortunately is what a lot of people have chosen. The path is to just avoid these situations and having a healthcare provider on your team is foundational for your health. And so we really do want to see people continuing to go in. And I love really highlighting Beth that you said, you know, if you have a great experience, definitely thank them, write them a review, let them know that their support was super helpful because then they're more likely to support the next person who also needs that support because really we all kind of need the support. So in summary, just want to kind of summarize here for you all, if you are considering having the conversation at your doctor's office, I just want to kind of go back through this, the steps is that, you know, first and foremost, you want to have a plan for how you're going to handle the scale in your doctor's office. Are you going to avoid it? Are you going to turn around? Also think about having that conversation with your provider when they walk in the room. Also have a plan on how to calm your nerves and what solutions you want to use for that. And then have a plan on how to handle your experience kind of once you're in it. So that is the summary. And now I'd like to shift a little bit, Beth, into for those listening who might be thinking, well, do I still need to check my weight for a medical condition? Because maybe I, you know, maybe my doctor needs it. So I'd like to talk from just kind of a really uh, scientific standpoint of some of the way or some of the medical conditions or medical reasons why someone may need to actually monitor their weight. And I'll start with the first one. And then Beth, I'd love to have you add on here. And one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is that if you're having surgery, your anesthesiologist will need to have your weight because they need that for dosing the anesthesia to make sure that you stay asleep during surgery. So when I had ankle surgery during a time when I was no longer checking my weight, I a hundred percent did let them know that I didn't check my weight, but I definitely let them check my weight because they needed it. What other ones would you add on to that, Beth? Yeah. So those who might retain fluid, uh, they might have a medical condition where fluid levels may vary. One that I think of just from my experience as a dietitian is kidney function. Mm. Uh, you know, kidney function is declined. There's a lot of water retention and water losses are really important to calculate. So we know how to take care of the, the patient, uh, but there are others. There's lymphedema. Um, 
my brain is not thinking of all of them at the moment, but there are, there are medical conditions and you would know this if you had one where fluid can be quickly added to the body and quickly removed from the body. Mm -hmm. Um, someone who's taking diuretics may need to monitor their weight to ensure that the medication is working properly. Mm -hmm. You know, so there are those moments where it's not, you know, I think what another reason just to tack on why the scale isn't the best measure of weight is because it doesn't define the difference between fluid, between lean mass in the body, between fat mass in the body, right? So when fluids are involved in a medical condition, they can change rapidly. We need to know, you know, when the weight changes pretty quickly, it's likely not uh, fat mass or um, lean mass that's being affected. It's it's likely something else. So that's important to dose medications and to take care of the individual. Yeah, I would say when I was working in the in the hospital, one of the most common ones that I saw was chronic obstruction pulmonary disease. And that was, you know, that was something that we did talk about. And that wasn't something that they needed to check daily for most people. For some people, they did need to check daily, but it was even if they just checked on a week basis and kind of looking at these parameters, you know, if did they gain more than X amount of pounds in a certain time frame because that could really highly indicate fluid is probably going to be problematic for them. And that could prevent a hospitalization for, for those who are struggling with potential, you know, fluid retention. Um, and so what I've heard from a lot of people who do experience that is if they're needing to check their weight for a, a chronic medical condition, the scale really ends up becoming neutralized. <laughs> you know, it, it becomes more of just information. It's it, there's no longer kind of this, the strain on thinking about weight. However, I have had some clients where it, it still kind of trickles in when it's like, oh, I lost a whole bunch of fluid, but they're still like really happy because oh, well, the scale's lower than it has been, you know? Um, so we, we still need to kind of, you know, work on neutralizing those experiences, but nevertheless, you can't avoid it in that, in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's other medical conditions we could go through and talk about, but I mean, I think the other one, and this wouldn't pertain likely to an adult uh, experience, but we also need to look at the weight of infants, you know, when an infant is born and as a child is growing, you know, watching the trends with weight. Um, can be beneficial to ensure that they're getting enough nourishment, especially in infancy. Um, those early months when an infant is being fed formula or breast milk, we want to ensure that that they're getting enough to to grow and flourish. So, so, um, so I would just, you know, for those of you who are like, ah, I'm going to throw away the scale, there are some instances where the scale can be really helpful from a medical perspective. Yeah. And I I don't think we can probably cover all of the potentials here in, you know, in this episode. So I think it's a conversation to be had with your medical provider of, is this medically needed, right? Because that could be your, your physician or, or your provider, I'll just say provider because that covers, you know, more, but your provider could say, well, we need this for X, Y, Z medical reason. And you're welcome to ask them to explain that to you. Like, how does having your weight impact the care that they're providing, right? And then you together can kind of decide what that looks like. And you can really be in collaboration really with your, with your provider on that. So I think we will go ahead and wrap this episode up. So 
Today, our transformational takeaway is that going to a doctor's office is an experience to support your health care. If being weighed does not support a positive health outcome for you, you don't have to do it and you get to decide what your plan is. All right. Much love, everybody. See you next time. Thank you so much for taking precious time out of your day to connect here. You listened because there is some part of you that is interested in learning to love your food, love yourself, and love your life. But if you're like most women, you have already been down this road before, wishing, hoping, and wanting for something to finally actually work, but things don't change. That being said, if you're committed to creating long-term change, then whatever you do, consider joining our brand new Uplift community. It's a private and safe Facebook community where you're supported by peers and two professional dietitians and intuitive eating counselors. Again, thank you so much for being here. Much love.